welcome to user words podcast my name is paul dearmit uh this episode is a little bit different uh why is that well it's holy week 2022 and well maybe holy week if you're like me there's a lot of times right now where it just just doesn't feel like it and things are a little bit different and things are going on but that being said it still is holy week 22 that week between uh palm sunday and easter and it's one of those things where i just got to thinking on some things and as i was thinking about that in the light of holy week i decided that the material we had recorded this uh past sunday would be delayed for a week and the reason there well there's a multitude of reasons uh one being holy week and easter and in all honesty that deserved its own little thing and we well what we had originally scheduled um to have a full discussion with me and aaron on holy week 2022 and that was on our recording schedule well we had josh back in with us recording and let me just put this way we had Josh for the entire session. We didn't just have him for a short amount of time. And I thought originally we could do a one episode thing where we covered three hit uh, three quick topics, hit on each of those, maybe 20 minutes each, and get through that and make that one episode and just get Josh's thoughts on those things. And, well, seven hours later, we finally got through episode one. Now, obviously, not all seven hours of that is usable. In all honesty, there was a point where Josh went on a tangent for a half hour. And at the end of that half hour, he goes, I completely lost where I was going with this. And this was after he goes, you know, he's asking me and Aaron, you know, what are our strengths? What are our passions? What do we love doing? What do we use to do to relax and all that? And I wasn't exactly sure where he was going with it. And I was uh, right to be concerned about where he was going with it. Because by the time he got done asking all the questions, he completely lost it. That may or may not ever see the light of day. We'll see uh, if it's worthwhile uh, conversation in and of itself on its own or if it fits in with another part of the conversation or not. But... We had Josh, so like I said, we decided, hey, you know what? We got him. Let's do some recording. Uh, this was originally on the schedule, and I was hoping to have a conversation about Easter, Palm Sunday, etc., cetera, uh, with him as well, but that didn't happen. So that's how it laid out. That's okay. But anyways, this week is Holy Week. This week is one of those weeks in the Christian religion and traditions that is considered one of the most important weeks on the Christian calendar, uh, especially if you're more on the, I guess you say, the traditional liturgical side. So maybe some Eastern Orthodox or, well, Eastern Orthodox Easter is maybe, is, I believe, a different week altogether regardless. But, you know, Eastern Orthodox, maybe Catholic, Lutheran, etc., but it, it, it's one of those important weeks, Holy Week. that It, it gets us whole week. At, that's from Palm Sunday through Easter. And there's a lot of days that are comprised of this Holy Week. And honestly, one of them I didn't even know was called it, what it was until, well, I was reading through it. So, Holy Week. What are the days of Holy Week? Well, obviously, we have Palm Sunday. And then we have the boring named. I call them boring named because they're just named Holy. So, Holy Monday and Holy Tuesday cool you know it's part of holy week okay you got to name it holy then you have spy wednesday and i was like spy wednesday what the heck all right so that's interesting and then we have 
Monday, Thursday, Good Friday, Black Saturday, and of course Easter. Now, those last three got me thinking, what the heck is Spy Wednesday? What is Monday, Thursday, and Good Friday? Well, not Good Friday, excuse me. We know what Good Friday is. Uh, Black Saturday. I was like, what the heck? So I looked through them. Spy Wednesday is more referring to the fact of Judas and his betrayal and that. So I was like, okay, I get it. Spy Wednesday. Ha ha. Good, good, good laugh there. Uh, Monday, Thursday. I didn't know what that was. And then uh, Black Saturday was the whole thing of it was a day between the death on the cross and the resurrection uh, because that was the day that in Jewish tradition is a Sabbath. So they did the quick burial in the tomb sort of deal. So that's why it's Black Saturday. But I keep coming back to Thursday. I'm sure I'm not the only one who's always heard of this term Monday, Thursday. And it's just like, oh, yeah, it's another Thursday. I don't know exactly what this means. Um, It just went like, yeah, okay, sure. It's part of the Holy Week. Let's see what it's all about. But then I started looking into it. And it's kind of cool, actually, if you look into what it means and why it is. And it's a good reminder especially during the week preceding up to Easter. So Monday, and I I might be mispronouncing this oh so much. And you know what? If I am, I am. English is my first language, but I am horrible at saying it. But anyways, Monday Monday is the name of the Christian rite of foot washing which traditionally occurs during Thursday church services of Holy Week. Okay, interesting. Foot washing. So I decided, okay, where does this come from? So Monday comes from Middle English and Old French, as well as Latin for um, mandatum, where we get mandate. Now, the reason it is the name of the ritual to wash feet is that the word Mandatum is the first word of the phrase mandatum novum do bobis ut diligentes in victim. Latin and me don't get along. English and me don't get along. Latin and me don't get along. But essentially, and I know I butchered that translation. So that butchered Latin that I said essentially is the, the phrasing from the Bible where it says, I give you a new commandment. I give unto you that ye love one another as I have loved you. In other words, it's a mandate for us to love. It's a commandment. It's a command uh, for us to love one another and to serve one another. And as I'm going through this and I was reading through it, uh, obviously I went to John 13 where Jesus washes his disciples' feet. And so I'm going to read this. It's from the English Standard Version, John 13, verses 1 through 20. Now, before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. During supper, when the devil had already put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going back to God, rose from supper. He laid aside his outer garments and, taking a towel, tied it around his waist. 
Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon, Peter, who said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? Jesus answered him, What I am doing you do not understand now, but afterward you will understand. Peter said to him, You shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I do not wash you, you have no share with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, The one who has bathed does not need to wash except for his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not every one of you, for he knew who was to betray him. That is why he said, Not all of you are clean. When he had washed their feet and put on his outer garments and resumed his place, he said to them, Do you understand what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For for I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. I am not speaking of all of you. I know whom I have chosen. But the scripture will be fulfilled. He who ate my bread has lifted his heel against me. I am telling you this now before it takes place, that when it does take place, you may believe that I am he. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever receives the one I send receives me, and whoever receives me receives the one who sent me. Now, if you look through this verse for a little bit, you see uh, there's a couple things that stand out, at least to me, on reading this. First off, I, I love the phrase here uh, that where Jesus, you know, Peter says, you know, if you're going to wash wash my feet, wash my hands and, and my head, you know, you know, you know, what, wash me fully, you know, from literally head to toe. And Jesus goes, the one who has bathed does not need to wash except for his feet. And that's interesting. Um, and if you look through things through Greco Roman era and that, uh, Feet washing was used primarily for two things. One, it was used for things such as uh, ritualistic entry to holy sites, whether that was going to a priest or an oracle or a temple or anything like that. So you would wash your feet. That was a ritualistic thing that you would do. And another part of the Greco-Roman era uh, with feet washing was that it was used as a sign of hospitality where you would wash your feet as at at a meal and it wasn't like the host it was typically like the slaves the lowest of low that would do this feet washing at this meal it was always done and that you know whoever was washing the feet the, the person you know that you were washing the feet of they were above you essentially because you were subservient to them and washing them uh, that was real interesting to read. I, and I was reading that. I was reading that from a book by uh, some that from notes from a book from John Thomas, uh, and it's in his book "Foot Washing" in John thirteen in the Joannine community. Foot washing 
he says in the Greco Roman world was a societal thing, which is kind of interesting, especially when you take into context that Jesus humbled himself to wash the feet of his disciples, of the ones he loved. And you know, as I'm going through this, I'm like, this is a good thing to emulate. If the one who deserves our worship, our own Lord and Master, our Christ, Jesus, God, if if he is the one who washes the feet of disciples and tells us that this is what we should do as well, that hits hard sometimes because that can be uncomfortable at times. Especially here in the Americanized church, way too often we are more comfortable being the ones having our feet washed. We're the ones who want to be comforted. We're the ones who want to be comfortable. We're the ones who want things to go well for us and not us have to humble ourselves and lower ourselves as well. It means that we like being served and not inconvenienced. It is way harder to humble ourselves and be the ones to serve and wash our people's feet because that means putting ourselves in a position where others have more power, authority, or whatever over us. And we may be doing something that we feel is below us, but nothing ever really is below us in that regard. At least it shouldn't be. Now, realize that what Jesus is talking about here doesn't mean we're literally always, always uh, washing someone's feet. This concept of washing feet here means to serve others. It means to humble ourselves and put others first and to serve them in various different ways. And that can even mean humbling ourselves in ways that maybe we're not expecting to. So this Holy Week, this is something to meditate on. Christ, even during the last few days before he was betrayed and crucified, a person who could call upon an army of angels at any time, one who is part of the Trinity, one who is fully man and fully God, was willing to humble himself before he humbled himself on the cross, but he was willing to humble himself to wash his disciples' feet serving others. (laughs) 